0: Turn up your volume.
1: Because you're about to listen to
0: The Sick Podcast with Tony Marinero. Sports entertainment like no other. It's going to be sick. Brought to you by Essentia, the world's only natural memory foam mattress beyond organic sleep. Marinero, The Sick Podcast, The Start. Of Euro 2020, of course, in 2021, because last year was postponed. It kicks off in style with Italy versus Turkey, the game at Stadio Olimpico di Roma, and Roberto Mancini's squad, who went into this game undefeated in their last 27, make it 28. Sandro Grande, former professional player, Turkey zero, Italia three, three nothing. Wow.
1: Wow. Wow. Amazing, uh, Tony. Amazing. Thanks for having me. Thank you for joining me uh, on this debut of Euro 2020. Uh,
0: let's take a look at uh, who Italy had in their formation to start for those who missed it, of course, with Donnarumma in goal, the center back duo of Bonucci and Chiellini with Florenzi on the right, Spinazzola on the left in the central midfield. Keep in mind that Marco Verratti has been nursing an injury for the last month or so. You had Jorginho. Uh, in between Barella on his right and Locatelli on his left. Up top, Il Tridente of Immobile at striker with Berardi on his right and Insigne on his left. And you have to say, Roberto Mancini got
1: it right. Yeah, I mean, uh, look, um, they've been fantastic coming in. Uh, I, I, was, I was calm going into this tournament because I said to myself, you know what, at least I'm going to enjoy myself. Uh, in the past, you would never know what you're going to get. Uh, you know you were going to get a good defensive style of play if they needed to, but they were always going to concede possession to the opposition. They were always going to back up. They were always going to form two, three lines in front of their 18-yard box and wait and hope and then play on the counter. And I knew going into this tournament, Mancini's built something incredible. Uh, The Italian population should be very proud because they played a fantastic brand of football. They never backed up. They kept on attacking from minute one. In the first half, I think they had 14 or 15 shots towards target uh, with possession close to 63%. uh, And uh, look, I'm really happy. Um, There's many players, there's many young players. The spirit is good. Um, And I just hope that uh, this is the beginning of a special month it's uh, the SICK
0: Podcast. You can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at the SICK Podcast. I'm Tony Marinero. He is Sandro Grande, who had a long professional career, had a chance to play in Italy, among other places, with Brescia, uh, playing with Roberto Baggio and Pep Guardiola and Andrea Pirlo and Luca Toni, and the list goes on and on. The show is brought to you by Essentia, the world's only natural memory foam mattress. Go to pod and see why Essentia is the mattress of choice. For many athletes, including over 25% of professional hockey players, use code SICKPOD for a free pillow with your purchase, Essentia Beyond Organic Sleep. Sandro, speaking of sleep, it seemed like the Italians just put Turkey to sleep. I think we saw Turkey maybe for a good 10 minutes to start the second half. But after that, it was Italy the entire first half. It was Italy for uh, three quarters of the second half. I know you take a look at possession numbers, of course, it being very important. Italy, 61% to 39%. They had the ball. It seemed like almost all game long. And like you said, they kept on attacking and attacking and attacking. And Turkey really, with the exception of um, uh, Yilmaz, probably with about a minute or two left, when Killini got a foot on it to actually make it go out, they never really put Italy in trouble, did they?
1: No, they didn't. And uh, they were having a hard time coming out of the back. Uh, they, uh, you know, they also chose many, many times on goal kicks in the first half to play it out, uh, direct and hoping they were win- they were going to win the second ball and they never did. So they were never able to really grasp the ball in, in, uh, in Italy's, uh, half, um, Italy kept on coming and playing and moving the ball. And, you know, when you do that, the game, the game of soccer, you know, if you have possession, obviously there's no guarantee you're going to win the game. Okay. That's, that's very, very clear. But the reality is, is that if I have the ball more than you have the ball, there could be a better chance that I score a goal than you score a goal. Of course. So, um, you know, Pep Guardiola has been been at this uh, club last year when Liverpool had that f- amazing run in Champions League and uh, EPL possession stats were off the charts, you know. And 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 when you start to pressure and, – and this is what I liked about Italy now compared to Italy 10 years ago that used to make a sweat <laughs> – um, is that as soon as they lost the ball, they did not back up 60 yards to go and defend in front of their box. They decided to press really quickly. Uh, Barella, Locatelli, uh, Immobile was doing a, a, amazing work. Uh, you know, when you have guys at the back like Bonucci and Chiellini that can just manage the space in front of them and manage the space behind them, um, it's really, really hard for, 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 a, for a country like or a team like Turkey to come out of the back and play and, yeah. and and get um you know get comfortable in possession, you know so uh the attitude was fantastic. their defensive transition as soon as they lost the ball was unreal, other than the first seven or eight millions that w- minutes of the game that were really scrappy um after that, if you look at the defensive transition on on Italy, and prior to like I said prior to the past, what we're all used to, um their defensive transition now was going forward, pressing, not yes. backing up, you know, and um look. Mancini's built something he's built a monster uh how far can they go it's it's a good first step let's take it one step at a time they're playing really well and let's let's be happy with what we got today and see where they can go from here
0: it's the sick podcast and a shout out to excellent photo centrally located close to downtown shopping and university ships to all of Canada professional (laughs) staff at the store and online to help you choose the gear you really need excellentphoto.ca speaking of photos let's go to these images on several occasions in the first half, Italy called for what they thought should have been a handball in the box, notably on this one. From behind, you've got to time it. I mean, you're never going to get a handball being so close to it, Celic. Sandro, if that's Serie yeah, A, and I've seen this, a call like this, I've seen this result in a penalty kick on more than one occasion. It seems like they're changing the rules. In the past, of course, we've always talked about hand-to-ball and ball-to-hand and the differences there. VAR is something that is, is available, of course, for the referees, video assistant referee, but they're getting a little bit more picky with what they go to and what they don't and what they overturn and what they don't. How did you see that one?
1: Um, I like the call. Honestly, I, I like the call. I, I'm Italian. You know, I would, obviously, I would have not have said no to a pound shot, but I like the call. He's way too close. Um, the ball goes directly to his hand. He might be a meter and a half. His hand might be a meter and a half from where the ball is struck. Uh, in Italy, uh, and I'm going to go on the record to say this, they have the top referees in in, in the world. I mean, they're they're they're, they're up there with the APL the, the referees and the Spanish. So they have really, really good referees. I know they call a lot of PKs in Italy, but I prefer having a call like this than us debating this for forever and ever and ever and ever, and it never ends, you know? If the game was one nothing for Turkey, would I have said something different? I wouldn't have said anything different because it's just way too close. And there was another instance as well. Uh, there was a shot and and, and the ball deflected off the, the, the leg and hit the hand. Like, we got to go one direction or the other and it's way too difficult. Or we say every single handball in the box is a PK, Or we're always going to have, you think it's one way, I think it's another way. And we're, we're, the discussion is never going to end, you know, like so... I like the game the way it is. The game was fantastic today. Referee did a great job letting go a lot. And uh, I think he got this one right. He's
0: Sandro Grande. I'm Tony Marinero. It's a sick podcast. And of course, you can follow us on all social media platforms. Sandro, since Italy won the World Cup in 2006 uh, versus France, of course, uh, the Italian national team hasn't given that many great moments to their fans. There's been a brand of soccer that has not been the most attractive since they won that World Cup. And Italy has not gone to a lot of their young players. Things have changed here now under Roberto Mancini. And yes, the defense duel at central defense of Bonucci and Chiellini, one who's 34, the other one's going to be 37 a month after this tournament ends. It's still there. But there has been an introduction of a lot of young players on the Italian team. Looks like there's a new movement. What's changed exactly?
1: Look, philosophy of football. Philosophy of football, Uh, the Spanish have been playing a beautiful brand of football. You know me very well. You know I love the Spanish way of playing football. Um, The advantage that Italy can have, and I think what France has as well, uh, and Germany, for that matter, is the fact that, you know what? If we can learn how to possess the ball the way we did and the way we've been doing for the past 28 games and attack, there are moments that if we need to defend – we know all the defensive principles memorized because it's in our culture. That's what we love. We love defending. Now, you saw today, hardly any shots on goal for Turkey, hardly any opportunities. We had the ball. If we needed to defend, we could defend. Um, all the small little details, small little principles of how we defend. The, the Italian culture is all about that. So if we can add that attacking game to it, yeah. Um I think the sky's the limit for our national team going forward. So the final
0: score, 3-0. Total attempts, 24 for Italy, 3 for Turkey. Shots on target, 8 for Italy, none for Turkey. Um, Corners taken, 8 for Italy, 2 for Turkey. 61% possession for Italy to 39% for Turkey. 86% 86% passing accuracy for Italy, 80 for Turkey. Uh, 555 passes completed by Italy, 299 passes completed by Turkey. And uh, wow, just what a performance once again by the Italian national team. The first half finishes scoreless 0-0. In the second half, there's only one change by Roberto Mancini at the halftime. And that is to bring in Di Lorenzo to take over for Florenzi. How did you see the substitution?
1: Well, uh, obviously, we don't have inside information. I wish I did. But um, a substitution like that is probably due to some kind of, uh, not injury, but maybe like a little bit of a sensation of something coming. So uh, I don't, because I don't think Florenzi was playing bad in the first half. Uh, So I don't think it's a tactical or technical uh, change. I could be wrong. But uh, making a sub like that at half is probably due to some kind of a little bit of a, an issue, a little bit of an injury, whatever. Um, look, at a fantastic game. Uh, yeah. Second half, they didn't stop coming, usually in the Sandro, if I time. can, if I can, in the first half, as much as I loved Italy, though, they looked like a
0: team that really had a hard time in the final third, right? They were doing everything right, but... the the passes weren't getting through. It looked like there was a little bit of an issue there. Did you see that struggle at all in the first half, or did you know it was coming in the second half?
1: Look, to get through six six guys is not is not going to be easy. I mean, Turkey was uh, was was at the top of their box. It was going to be tough finding space, you know, moving the ball and 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 in these small areas. We did have a couple of uh, moments uh, when uh, Insignia and Berardi combined, and Insignia missed, uh, missed the missed missed the shot. I mean there there were a couple of moments uh immobili at the end towards the end of the game uh, towards the end of the first half uh where he shot and the goalkeeper made a good save uh Chiellini's header you know so so there were a couple of moments yeah uh what I liked is the fact that they were in control they were in control of the game and Turkey was not going to was not going to be a danger going forward and and for me that made me feel comfortable because I knew with a little bit of time and a little bit of the, the, when you de- when you have to defend Yep you lose energy and when you lose energy uh, as the game goes on, it gets harder and harder and harder and harder to, to be a sharp <laughs> mentally and to be sharp uh, tactically. And, and I think that's exactly what happened because on Italy's first goal, uh, I know you're going to show it. Yeah. But Italy's first goal. There's a moment there. There's a, there's a pass I see that just um, kills, kills the Turkish uh, organization. And, and it was a, It was the whole thing that sprung everything uh, for for the goal right after. It's
0: a stick podcast. You can go to sportbubshop.com for all of your officially licensed sports apparel and more use code 615 for 15% off on all of their items. You called for the first goal. Let's go to it right now. I thought that a number of ticket holders might not make it. Here's Berardi. Stumble and Berardi. It's an own goal. The unfortunate man to score. And there you have it. Berardi, who's looking to cross it into the box, and there's an own goal right there. Uh, your thoughts on the goal?
1: Look, there's a pass right before Barella gets the pass. And, it, and the whole Turkish team was congested towards the, uh, their right side of the field. Look at tell he gets the ball. And he finds Barella in between the lines, a diagonal pass. Yeah. Uh, diagonal passes are killers in the game nowadays. He found Barella totally open. And what, what basically happened there is they're attacking on the weak side. And yeah. when you start attacking on the weak side, the Turkish defense is, is scrambling, and now you can go at pace. Yeah. And when you have guys technically good as good as uh, as, um, as Berardi is and Barella are, uh, anything can happen. I mean, in the by end, the it's way, a goal, but the whole play before that is fantastic.
0: Like you said, it's an initial pass by Locatelli that destabilizes Turkey, and then it's Barella exactly. who finds Berardi. But I do want to say this, and I thought all of the Italian players were very, very good today, and their three nothing win over Turkey. Does Barella make good decisions with the ball or what? My God, he is! I thought he was outstanding.
1: Yeah, he's he's fantastic. He's been fantastic all year round. Uh, he's an up and coming midfielder. I think he's only twenty four, maybe. And uh, honestly, he's he's got a bright future in front of him. You know, top class midfielder, runs, presses, quality on the ball, can score goals. Um, you know, he's 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 a really really good player going forward. Yeah.
0: yeah, I actually even think he's even younger than that to tell you the truth. But I'm not checking the computer right now. But I believe he and Donnarumma are both 22 years of age or something to that effect. Anyway, absolutely fantastic. All right, one nothing wasn't good enough for the Italians. They wanted to make it too. Immobile was looking for his goal. Finally, he got it. It looked like this. It's Pirardi. Spinazzola, smart save, and the loose ball tucked in. Italy have their second, and it's All right, so Berardi, uh, who kicks with his left, who plays on the off wing, he crosses it. Spinazzola is the one who takes the shot that actually a rebound comes out, and uh, Immobile being the, uh, you know, the, the, the finisher that he is, he just pounces on it right away. He's right place, right time, and he just buries it home. I thought Spinazzola had himself a heck of a game playing at uh, left back for Italy today?
1: Yeah, I mean, he's uh, he's a really good player. He's, uh, he's dangerous. Um, he's a right-footed l- left back. Yeah. He can cross with his left, who can come inside and shoot his right. Um, he's not lacking any energy <laughs> or any stamina. And, um, and even that second goal, uh, the play starts a little bit more to the right, comes into Berardi. Now you got the whole defense of Turkey that's shifting over. And then he plays it back across to the right, and they, now they got to shift over again, and that's what creates those little openings for for shots. And and um, you know he took it well, um, uh, Spinazzola. Yeah. And then, you know Immobile is always around, uh, waiting for that uh, that little bounce and uh, put it at the back of net.
0: You can place your bets on my bookie, of course, throughout the entire Euro. 2020 tournament being played in 2021 go to mybookie.ag slash the sick podcast and use code sickpicks for a 50 deposit bonus bet win get paid italy's next game of course uh, they take on switzerland much more organized i would say much more tactical they're going to try and limit italy's chances they're going to try and frustrate them but i have the italians winning again versus switzerland so you can go put a few dollars on that and why not another goal for Ciro immobile speaking of goal scorers uh, Lorenzo Insigne, was, he had a couple of shots on, on that he tried that looked like were off. Some of his movements looked a little bit slower, but we know that he's not going to miss all day and all night long. He got himself a great opportunity on the left side, and with his right foot, he curled it inside the far post. Sandro, this is as beautiful a finish as you're going to see. Let's go to it right now. Immobile, Insignia! Beautifully done! It's three for Italy!
1: What a finish, that one, eh? Yeah, no, fantastic. I mean, again, you know, um, they're pressing high up the field. They're winning 2-0. When have you seen Italy play like that? Ever? No, they don't. They usually, In the past, they always gave up the half. They always gave up the half. Now they press up the field. They win it on the right. Where do they score? They score on the left. So these are all small little principles that you, you can tell Mancini's installing in his, in his, in his team. Um, you, you know, you, you're down one side, you got to finish on the opposite side. You got to finish on their weak side. And their counter was fantastic. Um, Insigne's finish was fantastic. Beautiful, beautiful. All four guys that were pressing, touched the ball and your, and your flag is fantastic, Tony. <laughs> uh-huh. For those who are watching visually, of course,
0: uh, on Facebook and <laughs> Uh, on Instagram, and they'll see it on uh, on YouTube, of course. They can see my father, a tailor by trade. This has been a tradition ever since I was a little kid. Uh, he makes undershirts for us with the colors of the Italian flag, of course, the green, white, and red, and that's what I'm wearing right now. Uh, very happy to be sporting the colors of the Italian flag. Once again, a very convincing performance, 3 nothing. Were you surprised? And Italy went with the same lineup that beat the Czech Republic going into the tournament. But were you surprised that Federico Chiesa was not a starter in this game?
1: No, uh, no, not at all. I mean, the the, the two wingers that they had uh, were both um, have tendencies clearly to come inside and play between the lines. Now, Chiesa doesn't have those tendencies. Chiesa is a different type of player. Um, Chiesa is a guy that can get to the by uh, the end line and 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 cross the ball really well. He does have a good shot. He probably has, a, uh, you know, just as good a shot as anybody else, Um I think if Bellotti plays up top, Chiesa yeah. plays. And the reality is, is uh, or this is my thought is that I think Chiesa is going to be able to cross the ball a little bit more often than than um, than, uh, than Berardi or or, or Insigne from yeah. the end from the end line. So look, the reality is is that they've played everybody yeah. uh, coming into here, they've rotated many players. Uh, Italy's always stuck or used to be always stuck in that mentality of, no, we got to use only these 11 players. Mancini's come in, made everybody feel like they're part of the group, made everybody feel that they're part of the, uh, the mission. And uh, I'm quite certain next game, we're going to see a few changes um, on on the pitch. And then the third game, we're going to see more changes because the reality is, is we, we need to be fresh going forward, you know, and uh, not just, uh, not just rely on a few guys and then injuries come in and, and into play and all that stuff. So, And we saw Brian Cristante come into this game, by the way, who uh, grew up in the United States,
0: I believe, in Jersey. But I also believe that he was in Canada for a while during his youth. So isn't that something? Someone who grew up in Canada and in the United States actually playing for the Italian national team today. I thought that was pretty cool.
1: Yeah, very cool. I mean, he's Canadian. He could have chose to play with the Canadian national team, by the way. Yeah, And I know, if I'm not mistaken, I know that, the, the Canadian national team tried to approach him a couple of years ago oh I would, uh, I would hope so yeah yeah, but he decided uh, he decided to uh, you know take his chances with uh, with Italy and uh, look he's he's a player that's uh, pretty versatile he can play centre back he can play in the midfield so I mean um, the, the group is solid and uh, yeah. um, and I think we're going to have a fun tournament
0: alright uh, in ending here with Sandro Grande former professional player if I tell you Italy will win the Euro 2020 here you would say what? Surprise, shock? Not surprised at all. Makes sense. What would you say?
1: I would say I'm. I'll be surprised. I'll be surprised. I, I look. I'm. I'm very. Uh, I'm very uh, happy because I'm Italian. Uh, yeah. Can they get to the final four? I think they can yeah. get to the final four. In the final four, Tony, you know how it is. I mean, Italy at the at the Euro Cup when they uh, lost to um to Spain yeah. uh, had a fantastic tournament, and then they get to the end, and Killini yeah. was injured, and a couple of guys were injured, and And it didn't work out for them, but they played a fantastic tournament. And if I remember correctly, Italy had beaten Spain in the first round and played a fantastic game. Yeah. So, so this is these tournaments here. You need to be ready every game. You need to have a luck of luck of, uh, you know, a bounce here and there. Portugal's last Euro Cup. Mm -hmm. Ronaldo gets injured. uh, They defend, they do well. Uh, The guy comes in there. He ends up scoring a goal. Yeah. um, And who would have thought that Portugal would have won? in exactly. France versus France with El Cristiano Ronaldo. Exactly, you know. So, look, if we get to the final four, I'll be very happy because I know we're going to get yeah. there playing this type of style. And that's what makes me that's what makes me proud to be Italian today, you know. Good. Whereas in the past, be Italian. yeah, whereas in the past there was always a battle, a sweat. <laughs> it's like, "Oh my gosh, and and there's a chance here yeah. and a chance there." And look, I'm enjoying the game. Yeah. The Euro Cup this year is going to be fantastic. Thank God for this Euro Cup because we have to turn the page on certain things that have been going on for the past year. Yeah. And this is going to bring the world together. And uh,
0: Sandro, how many years did you play in Italy? And give or take, how many games did you play?
1: Well, I played in Italy for seven seasons or eight seasons. Yeah. Uh, give or take, uh, I'm not 100% sure, but about 200 games, I would say. Uh, how many times uh, do you think that you sang that anthem on the field? No, we did, uh, No, there's no anthem when you when you play in Italy. It's not the club games. You don't have the anthem. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. No, so it's anthems, not. Uh, it's not custom to play uh, to play the national anthem in uh, league games. In uh, okay, but yeah, you know, you're right about
0: that. Actually, to come to think of it, but uh, you you know the anthem, I guess, right?
1: Yeah, of course. I mean, that's all uh, right. Today, today, I was yelling it and screaming it, and I filmed it, and I, and I put it on Instagram, and I had okay. my son next to me, full blast. Because, well, I
0: mean, I didn't see you scream it and yell it and sing it. So why don't you do it with me right now? Let's go, That's Acapella it. style.
1: That's it, let's Gatelli go l'Italia, si
0: dell'Elmo di Cipio,
1: Cipio e cinta la, la, testa, la testa, testa,
0: dove la vittoria la, le porca, la, la chioma la che schiava di Roma, Roma e, e il Dio, il Dio la, la creò. Lazio. Sandro Grande, you played soccer better than I did, but I sing better than you, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> Italia, 3-0, andiamo! And Dai, ragazzi! Italia! The pandemic is over! This is our Euro, andiamo, andiamo! Forza, ragazzi, andiamo! 3-0! We ate turkey for supper! We ate turkey for supper! Andiamo, ragazzi! Dai, Andiamo! Unestate italiana, I'm Marinero, The Sick Podcast. You can follow us on all social media platforms. Tell your friends about it. This podcast is sick. This guy is sick. Italia! And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow The Sick Podcast on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. The Sick Podcast is brought to you by Essentia, the world's only natural memory foam mattress beyond organic sleep.